Welcome into sports tonight. Emily Gagnon here. I'm writing solo tonight, but that's fine because we've got plenty to talk about. Let's get started with the Falcons' final 53-man roster. It came out at 4 o'clock yesterday. That was the deadline, the NFL's deadline. All 32 teams had to have their final roster set by 4 o'clock Tuesday. The only real surprise for me is Hesse at tight end did not make the 53-man roster. John Fitzpatrick did instead, the former dog. Uh, yeah, if you're a Falcons fan or a Dogs fan, you know this. I don't have to tell you. The Falcons always get knocked on when it comes to not drafting dogs, not keeping dogs on their roster. And that's what they've done here. They actually have a former Georgia Bulldog on their roster, their 53-man roster at tight end. So to me, that's pretty incredible. Congratulations, Falcons. You guys have finally put a dog on your roster. The school that's like 60 miles down the road that uh, produces a lot of NFL talent that you just don't want to draft. But here we are. Uh, we'll see if that lasts. Uh, Fitzpatrick, there's one thing I can say about him is he has a lot of size to him. He's tall. He's big. He was injured last season. He was drafted by the Falcons along with Justin Schaefer, the offensive lineman who is on the practice squad for a second straight season. So I guess essentially you've got two former dogs playing for the Falcons. One's on the practice squad, one's actually on the roster. Um, but for Fitzpatrick, I think the thing that was attractive about him to the Falcons now that he's healthy is the fact that he has good size, he can block. And let's be honest, like he, you know, plays some good ball. He was... Uh, at Georgia and he won at Georgia and so he knows what it takes to win he has that um, you know in him so we'll see if he ends up staying on the roster this could always change but Hesse is on the practice squad so I would imagine that um, that could change somewhere along the line uh, you know as the season progresses uh, that could maybe you know Hesse could come off the practice squad, make the 53-man roster if something happens to Fitzpatrick. But to me, that was the only surprise. I know if you guys listen to us a lot, uh, Scott Pennyman, our sports producer, did not think that Cordell Patterson was going to make the 53-man roster, and I told him there's no way that he wasn't. And yes, he is on there. I had no doubt about it. He just believes that CP is making way too much money to be like a third or fourth string back. But what I say to that is that he is definitely grooming Bijan Robinson, uh, the Falcons' first rounder, top 10 running back drafted um, this past draft. Uh, that room is very young, except for CP. Uh, Algier, Tyler Algier, who was a rookie last year who ran for over a thousand yards certainly is not going to be the guy grooming Bijan not because they're competing but because he himself is still very young CP's been doing this for 10 years so if you ask me he needs to be in that room and there was no way the Falcons were going to let him go especially since he's a specialist so um, I was right about that I had no doubts there but the 53-man roster is set obviously a lot can change uh, throughout the season but for right now the only shocker I had was John Fitzpatrick making the roster but I am happy to see him there. Like I say, there is finally a dogs on the 53-man roster for the Falcons. Good stuff there. All right, moving along to Atlanta United hosting Cincinnati tonight at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. You know, the main reason I want to talk about Atlanta United tonight is the fact that they've been killing it since coming back from break. You know, they had a few weeks off and they came back. Their very first match back was at the Sounders. They won 2-0. 
uh, or I should say 2-0, and then this past weekend uh, hosted Nashville. So they went from Seattle back home, hosted Nashville, and shut them out as well, 4-0. Uh, for Atlanta United right now, there's eight games left in the regular season. They want to make the playoffs. They're making a major playoff push right now. So if you ask me, this is exactly how you do it. You come back from break, you get two straight dubs, and now you are driving, right? You've got all the momentum in the world. Cincinnati's in the house tonight. Um, you know, you could say a couple of guys are, are the reason why uh, Atlanta United is doing so well right now. Tiago Almada, he was voted MLS player of the match day um, yesterday. So Tiago Almada doing big things for the club. Um, he had two assists in Atlanta's 4-0 victory against Nashville at Mercedes-Benz Stadium Saturday. He has 22 goal contributions, 9 goals, 13 assists. He leads the league. He leads all of MLS in assists. So, um, you know, he's doing great after winning the World Cup uh, this past offseason. Uh, you know, you got to wonder, is, is he going to stay on the team uh, in the future uh, of uh, the club? You know, is he going to be able to stay? Is he going to go play somewhere else? And that certainly is a possibility. But for right now, he is contributing big time for Atlanta United. And Yorgos Yakamakis, probably the biggest guy that that they were able to acquire before the season started. Right now, 12 goals on the season. He's one off from... Um, the most goals right now scored this season by any one player is at 13. Yakamakis Gigi has 12. So he's in the running for the golden boot. So Gigi and Tiago Almada both making big strides for Atlanta United, helping them out in so many ways. Uh, last week, so we were talking about Tiago Almada being uh, the MLS player of the match day this week. And then last week it was Gigi. So they kind of traded off there, but that's pretty cool. Back-to-back -back weeks you've got a player that plays for Atlanta United um, as or voted as the MLS player of the match day. So entering tonight's game at the Benz, uh, where they play very well, uh, home sweet home. There's always a great crowd over there at the Benz. Um, they have so much momentum on their side. And like I said, playoff push right now. And you got to believe after those two wins that they're positioning themselves to be able to play in the postseason. Uh, you can't help when you you know think about this team, talk about this team, to think back a few years ago when they won uh, the cup, the MLS Cup. I'm not saying that that's what this team is going to do, but you think of those like glory days that only happened two years into this club uh, being in Atlanta. So you can't help but think, you know, you want them to get back to that. That was such a fun time here when Joseph Martinez was here. He's now with Miami now. Um, you know, he's probably pretty happy about his situation. But Atlanta United's doing everything they can, acquiring different players, um, you know, to, to be able to position themselves to play in the postseason. And right now, after that break, it's looking really good. Moving on to Charlie Morton with um, the Braves. Got to give him a quick shout out. Guys, he is one year off of 40, 39 years old, and he has struggled. I, I mean, I, I got to talk about it up and down, up and down. But he's come on hot and heavy here towards the end of the season, and that's when you want to see it because the playoffs are coming. Uh, the Braves right now, you know, they have the most wins in all of baseball. They're the hottest team in baseball. They have been all season. And, you know, if you want to argue about any of their weaknesses, I guess you could say, like, at times their pitching is not amazing. But with Charlie Morton playing the way he is right now, um, 
that's a good thing, right? So last night he had eight strikeouts um, in their game, in their win, their 3-1 win over the Rockies. He surrendered one run, scattered three hits, struck out eight over six innings. That was just the fifth time a pitcher aged 39 or older has allowed one run or less, three hits or less over at least six innings at Coors Field. If you guys want to know the others, you will know the others if you like baseball or if you're any kind of fan at all. Randy Johnson in 2007, Tom Glavin, who you should know well in 2008, and Greg Maddox in 07 and 08. So a little bit of history there, um, but as long as Morton keeps playing the way he is, again, coming on hot here towards the end of the season, he's going to be a huge asset in the playoffs. Uh, when I watched him pitch in that final game three against the Yankees, that three-game set when they, they swept the Yankees at home a couple weeks ago, I think I remember he struck out 10, and he tied his season high in that game, and it just seems that ever since that game, every time he's been on the bump, he's just looked so good, and this team needs him not just playing well, but his leadership because he is an older guy. It is still a younger roster. He has so much to share with them, so much knowledge to share. So right now, um, if you're looking at their pitchers, Morton, you know, he, he's just looking really, really good. Uh, they're going to finish, finish out their three-game set tonight at the Rockies. But when they won last night 3-1, it was their sixth straight series win. Um, so, yeah, on a roll. The Braves, they continue to do big things, and we talk about it on here almost every night. But tonight it was about Charlie Morton, and uh, as long as he continues to pitch the way that he is, um, that rotation is just going to continue to get stronger. All right, so we talked about the dogs on Monday. We're going to bring them back up uh, after hearing from Kirby last night and some players. So, you know, someone asked him during his media session, uh, you know, what he wanted to see from his players in game one. Obviously, the dogs are hosting UT Martin um, at Sanford Stadium, 6 p.m. kickoff. Uh, I don't think that coach is nervous at all, and I'm no disrespect to UT Martin, but I don't think that he's nervous about the results of the game. I think he just wants to see how the players perform in that first game, and that's basically what he said. He said he, he wants to see them go out there and um, like shake off first game jitters. That's exactly what he said, and, and I think, and I said this on Monday and I stand by it, for Carson Beck being his first game, he's going to have first game jitters because he's starting for the very first time for Georgia. It's it's going to be loud. It's going to be juicy in there. You know, the fans are going to come out, um, at least for the first half. They probably are going to go out after that. But uh, for the first half, you can expect Sanford Stadium to be loud. And, I mean, obviously, they'll be cheering for him, but he still needs to be able to go out there and get comfortable and get used to starting games for UGA as the new starter. He backed up um, Stetson Bennett last year, but there were never any big moments. I mean, he did not have to play in big moments where, you know, the dogs were down or really close and, you know, Stetson was hurt and he had to come in and save the day. There were no moments like that. He does not know what that feels like. He won't know what that feels like probably for a while. I expect maybe at Auburn, maybe at Tennessee, maybe against Ole Miss, you know, maybe those will be the games that challenge him, test him. But for right now, it's good for these opponents to these these easier opponents again no disrespect to UT Martin Ball State but um, you know it'll be better for him to go out and, and be able to start and get those shake those jitters off um, I think but yeah it'll be uh, you know in Athens Saturday it'll be an exciting time because 
football's back. Um, the dogs will, you know, certainly try to do something that hasn't been done since the 1930s, uh, win three straight national championships, something that we'll talk about all season. And I'm sure Kirby's delivering the same message that he has, uh, you know, last season. Uh, it will continue, you know, saying that the dogs are the being hunted by every team. And um, before the TCU game, when they won the national championship on national TV before that game, he says that they're going hun- hunting. You know, he said that they're going hunting after they were hunted all season. So I'm, I'm assuming it'll be the same message that um, the dogs need to hunt as much as they're being hunted. And we'll see how that goes. Again, I don't expect a challenge too much for, for a while for the dogs. A, a lot of people are knocking them right now because of their easy schedule. They can't control that. That was a schedule that was given to them. Uh, don't worry, next season, and I, I know this season hasn't even started yet, but next season will be a very different season because their schedule is very difficult in 2024. But let's stick in 2023, easy schedule, but they still have to get through it. They still have to win their games. Um, again, Auburn, you know, Florida Florida's always a sneaky one in Jacksonville. You just don't know. Auburn, Florida, Tennessee, Ole Miss. All right, so now we've gotten to what is on my mind. And for me, all week, I've said the same thing, and I'm going to continue to say it. It is college football. College football remains to be on my mind. Um, I'm now looking forward to Thursday night. And uh, yesterday I talked about how Georgia State and Kennesaw State are both playing. Uh, teams from our area, from, from the Atlanta metro area, are playing. But that Florida-Utah game, Utah ranked 14th in the nation. Florida, I just mentioned them, uh, you know, being – always like a a game to look forward to Florida Georgia in Jacksonville Um, that game usually decides the east but right away the 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 Florida Gators will be challenged and it will matter whether they win or not because it will affect the rest of their season sure Utah is not in the SEC but that does not matter it's a major major matchup and uh, the Gators from what I know you know they quarterback battles happening uh, in Gainesville so We will see right away, um, and Kirby and his staff will have some film to watch right away after that game, because Utah's coming in there, good team, solid team, ranked team, so for me, this is good for all of Florida's opponents, because they'll be able to uh, watch some film right away on how Florida competes and how they can handle uh, a big-time opponent. So uh, even though Kirby won't admit it and he'll wait until the week of Florida-Georgia to start to say that they're just now starting to watch film on Florida, uh, I'm sure that he'll be watching this game of the Gators pretty soon and you know he'll have his coaches breaking film down um, for, for the near future here in October when the dogs play them. Guys, college football, it's back. We're just, uh, it's Wednesday, so tomorrow night, that's when that game will happen. We'll all be sitting there watching it. If you're a huge college football fan like myself, um, I keep saying it, Christmas week is here, and the gift won't end for months. So this is great. You guys have a great night, and we'll see you tomorrow.